0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. What a privilege to be here this morning, back in Australia. Now stand up, we've got to pray. You know, you should surround everything with prayer because if you're relying on me, you don't have much hope. But you've got that beautiful that beautiful name of Jesus. I just love that song this morning. It just melts my heart. Is it yours? That He can do anything for us. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for this this place, Highway Church. I thank you for these amazing people, God. You've drawn them here by your spirit and God, you want to speak into their hearts this morning. So I just pray, God, that you, Holy Spirit, you would go and just touch each person individually. Just touch their hearts the way only you can do, God. And place those words that I speak this morning that need to go in there, open it up. God, we all want to be transformed this morning by your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, so, it's so, so good to be here. Do you want to be out with the kids, with the superheroes? I think I'd like that. I really think we felt this morning that God just wants to speak to you in individually. You know, we've been through an amazing journey in the last 18 months. And I don't think the church and any of us are going to be the same. God has changed things. And I don't think they're going to ever go back to the way they were. So if you're hoping that, well, I've just burst your bubble. But, you know, God's able to move in the midst of anything. He's just, he's a miracle working God, isn't he? And um, I just want to be open in my life to give him permission to do what he wants to do. And more and more, I just want to love on people. I don't want to pe- actually preach big sermons and go out there. I just want, as I meet people one-on-one, just to leave a deposit in their lives that eventually they they want what we've got. We've got a, um, a dairy owner. We call our milk bars dairies, and... Um, and he's Indian, and um, we've lived in the same house for the last twenty years, and um, and I've prayed for them as they've had children and things like that. But I was saying, oh, I'm thinking of selling my house and downsizing. And he says, "You can't leave. You're my pastor." And you see, you don't realize the effect you're having on people's lives, just as you speak generously to them. You know. We've got to change our language and get a heavenly language. And it's not preaching, not preaching this at people. It's actually genuinely loving people and changing the atmosphere wherever you go. And so I just wanted to share this, these two verses with you this morning and I want them to get in. And it's from Matthew 13, 45 and 46. And it says, again, the kingdom, this is all the parables. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. I made sure I put my pearls on this morning. Who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You know, in, in the time of um, Israel and, and Rome, when these words were written, pearls were the most um, valued gem not diamonds, emeralds and all the other things, but, but pearls. And so I had to go and look and think, well, how, to, how are pearls made? I'm a little bit inquisitive. And oysters make pearls in a response to an irritant. I want you to just keep that there. Such as a grain of sand. When any irritant makes its way between the mollusks shell and mantle, the creature produces mother of pearl, a protective coating that helps reduce irritation. Mother of pearl is a microscopic, um, microscopic crystals of calcium carbonate. I'm not a scientist, okay? And it also lines the interior of the um, oyster shell. But I like that little bit, you know, about the irritant. Because really, what this is talking about here is God values us above all else. The merchant valued the pearl, and so he sold everything he had to purchase it. And what it's actually talking here is about Jesus that Jesus is the merchant and he sold and gave everything to redeem the pearl, which is us. And I was thinking, you know, we are a little bit irritating to God sometimes, aren't we? I'm I'm sure um, I am. and I'm sure you are at times too, because I have lots of questions and I don't get it right and Yes, I think I would be rather irritating at times. But then he releases his Holy Spirit on us and makes us beautiful. And, you know, so often I hear people saying to me, I'm not good enough to serve the kingdom or I'm not good enough to be in church. But, you know, that's when God releases the Holy Spirit over your life and makes you a little bit more beautiful when you're irritating and you get things wrong. You know, um, none of us would have any hope if we didn't have Jesus and the grace He has. That's why I love that song. What a beautiful name. You know, we can call on that name at any time. Excuse my funny voice. I've had a a sore throat and I don't have COVID, all right. Um, In Hebrews 12, I love this, this verse because... It says it all, um, Hebrews 12, two. And I'm using the Passion version because there's some specific words I love in here. It says, Look away from the natural realm and we fasten our, our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. See, we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. His example in this is because his heart was focused on the joy. I find that word amazing. His heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross. With joy, he endured Because of you, and conquered its humiliation, and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that verse there because so often we hear about people saying, I'm too bad to come to church, or I've got it wrong, and that. But in this, it's just saying, He endured the cross with joy. To know you, not your perfection, but you, yeah. uniquely you, like that, that um, that pearl. You know the Romans valued pearls more than any other gem. Pearls, fa- pearl farmers um, must um, have immense patience and wait for the f- um, pearl inside the oyster to develop. You know, God is waiting with immense patience for you to develop. He's not rushing you because perfection is being built within you. So He's not rushing you and telling you to hurry up or measure up to the person that's sitting next to you. Count it. He counted it joy to die for our salvation. He placed before His eyes the bliss that we would forever share together with Him. He thought nothing of the shame. You know, so often in our lives, we, um, we condemn ourselves with blame and shame, but it says Jesus took it all. You know, before the ascension, Um, when Jesus rose from the dead, he actually went and made the disciples breakfast. You know, we're always wanting to do the religious thing. You know, we just need to chill out, make somebody bacon and eggs and sit down and have a yarn. That's what Jesus liked to do. You know, he was a young man. He spent half his time with those disciples. I bet it wasn't just all like um, religious talk. I reckon they would have got up to a few pranks. They were boys, for goodness sake. I had two boys. They could never walk down the hall without giving each other a nudge, you know, and then the other one would bang into the wall and I'd think, oh, there's another bow in the wall, you know, but... We get these like religious thoughts about Jesus. You know, I, if I can encourage you, watch the um, series, The Chosen. You know, the reality of Jesus and those boys and, and how he sat with the children and played with the children. You know, so many churches want to get the children out. They're a menace, you know. they got more life in you than you. I saw them when I was coming in. I thought, gosh, they can cause some trouble. But you know, before Jesus went up, he said, he gave them a command. He said, go to the upper room and wait. And he said, I will send you something that will give you power. We need to think about it. You know, we read the Bible. We don't put ourselves in it and we, and we just read it and think, oh, well, that was all right for them. But it applies to our lives. And if you put yourself in there, it's so exciting. And so he told them to go to the upper room and wait. You know, these these disciples, they were pretty, um, how could I, fearful, timid men. When they arrested Jesus, they all ran. Ran for the hills and hid, didn't they? They weren't much different to us. But he said, I Go to the upper room and wait. And I will send the Holy Spirit. What she did. And we missed a little bit after that. It says the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. He's putting his fire from there. And then they went out. They went out and did amazing things and they died for their face. Something changed because the Holy Spirit and fire came upon them and they went out. And you know, we as human beings today would set that upper room up as a monument and we'd all go there and we'd be going there to get the fire or we'd be going to get the power. But... It said that the, the disciples never went back there again. They got filled with the Holy Spirit and they went out to do what they were asked to do. They didn't go back to the, the healing rooms or Toronto or whatever. It happens there, but we have it here. But God wants us to go out. And live our lives amongst other people. In John fourteen, twelve it says, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. See, because he went to the Father, the Holy Spirit came, and the disciples now can do greater works than they could do before. They couldn't do greater works than Jesus. I've heard people say, oh, we can do greater works than Jesus. Hello. I don't think so. But we can do greater works now than those disciples could do when they were running for the hills. Scared. Greater works can I do than what I used to do when I was just a normal human being because I was not a very nice person. So I will send the Holy Spirit and fire so you can do greater works. He passed on the mantle to us to complete what the Father had given him to do. We're just carrying on what Jesus was supposed to fulfil. And there's a great story of two other men with a mantle and they were Elijah, Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah was walking along the road. He'd done all these miracles and he saw Elisha in the field and he says, come follow me. And he wasn't very nice to him. You know, he says, oh, don't be so wimpy. You're not going home to say goodbye to mummy. You're just coming. Burn it and come. And, um, And then Elijah says to Elisha, if you see me when I go up, the mantle will fall on you. And then it says that Elisha did double the miracles. Woohoo than Elisha. But I actually don't think woohoo. Because when Elisha died, they put him in a cave, buried him in a cave, and it said several years later, they were carrying a dead man. And they had nowhere to bury him, so they just threw him in the cave with Elisha. And when he fell on Elisha's bones, he was resurrected. What does it tell you? He never passed on the mantle. See, we're not only to go out and live our lives and make disciples, but we are also called to pass on the mantle that we have on our lives and it's called legacy. And it's called passing it on to the next generation. And those two things are quite easy to live out. Those two things are the only two things we're actually called to do. And we complicate our lives and find it so hard. And what I have loved about COVID, it's made us get back to the real stuff. Prayer changes everything. Surround everything in prayer. When your family comes over for dinner, Pray over them because and pray over our nation and your nation because they're wanting to make some pretty terrible laws. But we shouldn't be fearful because God actually does have it in control. Because in Acts 1 8 it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Me throughout the whole earth. This is what we're called to be witnesses. That's living our lives with a joy like Jesus did and an integrity. The kingdom is within you today. Value its power within us and, call and the call. Don't be fearful to share it with others. We are to imitate His love and kindness to as many people as we can. we can, And that's living our life. And I've sort of made a rule in my life that I always go to my shops around where we live and I buy from the shops around where I live because I want to support them. Right. And so I go to the cafe and, like I say, the dairy and the um, pharmacy. But... Um, At the cafe there was a young Chinese girl that had come over from China all by herself and um, her name was Julia as well. So we started up this banter between the two of us. And um, so I actually got really good service when I went in there because I was Julia 1 and she was Julia 2. But um, one day she told me she was leaving because she was going to get married and um, And I said, oh, um, who's your parents coming to your wedding? And, you know, those usual things. And she said, no, it's just going to be my fiancé and I at the um, um, marriage registry thing. And I said, "Um, can I come? And she said, would you do that for me? And I I said, sure. So um, I went out and I went and bought her some nice lingerie and things that a mother does for her daughter. And I wrapped it up and I took it in and I gave it to her. And I said, this is what mothers do for their daughters when they're getting married. And um, she was absolutely blown away. And then um, Don actually ended up coming to the wedding with me as well and Elena. And um, what a great opportunity just to stand with those two Chinese young people who know nothing about the gospel. And um, and so she asked me, would I be her witness, which I was. And then just before we walked out, I said, can I just say a blessing over you? There was no eyes closed because they have no concept of anything Christian. And I just said, can I say a blessing over here? So I just spoke a blessing over them. And they're, Eyes lit up and little tears rolled down their face. And I thought, that's the first seed, you know? or probably the second seed. But, you know, like, what an opportunity. And and then I took her out to lunch the next week and um, got to talk about some things about God because she asked me why. And I didn't say, well, because I'm a Christian
1: and, you know, all
0: the religious stuff. I just said, I just see such great potential in you. You know, and, and just starts speaking some things like that. So we've got to be real in our walk. And And in a shop I go to um, quite frequently to buy gifts, the lady said to me the other day, will you marry me when, um, when I get married? You know, she's just got engaged. And I said, sure, I'd love to. You know, so you get opportunities and... Um, When you're doing the wedding preparation, you always say, well, look, can I just pray? This is what we do. We always pray because we want this day to be a great blessing for you. And do you know how many people Don and I have led to the Lord just preparing their marriage and they've been totally unchurched? So you have opportunities in your world to just reach out and it does cost you. It cost me buying lingerie. It cost me buying her food. But you know, just... The joy of seeing somebody, like Jesus was saying there, the joy of seeing somebody coming into the kingdom. And, um, you know, people will always have, um, well, out there, people do always have a gripe against the church. And have you heard it? The church is this, and the church is that. And um, my son, a few years ago, it was probably twenty odd years ago. He was having one of these, you, you know, those churches. He used to say to me, "You know those churches, Mum? You waste of time." And he's going on like that, and um, he went on and on. And then all of a sudden, I just burst out laughing. I just I couldn't contain it anymore. And, and he's looking at me, and I said, "Regan." Am I generous to you? Am I loving to you? Would I die for you? And he's got, he's got that look on his face. so yeah, for sure. And I says, I am the church. It's not the building down there. I am the church. And we've we've so when we go out there, we've got to make the church look great. If people think it's bad, maybe you need to put a smile on your face. Maybe you need to be generous. Maybe you need to speak into, you know, it's really even a dummy can see what's wrong. Yes. But when you look at somebody and you you just see the, the potential and you start speaking that into them, something over their countenance changes. So we need to be like that with people. You know, we need to be living this Christianity. You know, we're The world's changed. It's taking people out for coffees and doing all those exciting things. And you know, my son came to the Lord just after that, came back to God, which was a good thing because he's now in heaven. And it was because I didn't hit him over the head with religious work, I just actually laughed at him and thought he was really funny, you know, because. I am the church. You know, I used to come to my house, pinch Don's socks and eat all my food. Yeah. But now it's cheering me on from heaven with the great cloud of witnesses. See, I'm not in loss. You're never in loss. See, I've got, it's quite sad. I, I said to Don the other day, we were going to sell our house and I said oh, we sell our house and we're orphans, what are we? (laughs) Because all our parents are in heaven, but they're cheering us on, you know, and saying, get up, get going. There's a work for you to do. And so, you know, there's perspective in life you need to change sometimes. Um, Luke 4, 18 and 19. I'll just turn there. I love this because this was back in Isaiah, and it's here in Luke. This actually excites me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Even when I can't see Him, I can't feel Him, He's working. And He's working in your life too. When you can't see Him and you can't feel Him, because He said He'll never leave you. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You know, that's not with words. That's living your life. How you live your life. Are you kind and generous to the poor? The greatest gift I think that you could have in all the Bible is kindness. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Generous words to preach deliverance to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. I thought I did that with Regan when I laughed and said, I am the church. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. God is love. Love. to set the captives free, to stir up the gift of God that is within you. You know, we all have to do that for ourselves. Am I running out of time? Four minutes. Um, We've got to stir up the gift within ourselves. We can't um, look to the pastors to do it or somebody else. We need to know that God is with you and know these verses, read these verses, and um, and stir it up. You know, many years ago, before we came to Australia to Bible College, we um, were missionaries in um, Tonga, and we were working with the prison ministries. And during that time, Elena got bacterial meningitis from the coral. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, and so we were praying and believing, and. The, the best prognosis that the doctor gave us was sure, because she was paralysed and in a coma, that she would remain like that or she would die. And um, because we'd gone to Tonga and left the safety of New Zealand, Don felt that, that guilt on him that he had taken us to that place. So he went out into the middle of, um, of the island and he um, built an altar out of coral and he lay on it and he laid on it all day and he was virtually was praying, God, take me and leave her. And he came home that night and I think the only thing that changed was he was bright red. He'd got sunburned. And, um, and so we were praying, we had her um, in our bed with us and we were lying there with her and um, we were praying and we heard the heart cry, of God, and it was, if I take her, will you still love me? Will you still serve me? The heart cry of God is that He wants our love and He wants our service. And we talked about it and we... Came to the conclusion that God's our only hope and we had to trust Him. And God miraculously healed her. In fact, um, when she went back to school, when she came to Australia, she went upper class and she passed um, seventh form in New Zealand with straight A's. So God, it wasn't the medication they gave her, it was God. And I was sharing this at a women's um, um, at the women's conference in New Plymouth, and they'd brought all the missionaries back from overseas. And I was sharing about Elena, and there was this lady on the front row. She'd just come back from Kenya, and she starts weeping. And so I got her up, and I said, "Please tell me." you know, in front of everybody, why are you crying? And she said, well, when we were in Kenya, we had a car accident and my oldest daughter, Kirsten, um, was injured, but she was in hospital and they said that she was okay. She wasn't seriously injured, but she was. She was um, bleeding internally and she actually died. And that was what God said to her when she was praying, for Kirsten, that she would recover. Will you still love me? And will you still serve me? But her daughter died. The awesome thing is that Margaret Aim went back to um, Kenya. She has worked there for the past 20 years, 25 years. She's built orphanages. She's built schools. She's done incredibly over there because she still loved her Saviour and she still served Him. And you know, I really believe that that is just, it's not hard. On your worst day when something goes wrong, your God just asks you, will you still love me? Will you still serve me? And it's so easy when you boil it right down to that, that it's not um, it's not hard. Will you still love me? Will you still serve me? How great is this salvation that Jesus endured the cross with joy for your salvation? He lined up your future. And his one question to you today is will you still love me, will you still serve me? What an awesome God that he boils down this whole book down to a question that he personally asks each one of us. Will you still love me? See, he He desires your love so much. And will you serve me? So as the um, music team comes up, the band. Is there somebody this morning that you haven't made that commitment? Will you still, will you love me? It's that easy. He's not telling you to clean your life up or get everything right. He's just asking you today, will you make that step? Will you love me? Make a choice. Will you love me? Is there anybody here this morning that hasn't done that who would like to pray that prayer? Because I think it's, it's just the beginning of a beautiful journey where you've got a loving Father that's just going to walk with you every day of your life and you will never be alone again. Is anybody this morning? That's awesome. It's totally awesome. Well, I'd just like to pray over you this morning and if any of you would like that prayer, you know, it's um, that verse I gave you there about the Holy Spirit and fire. You know, God wants His people fired up to do His work and we can only do it with the Holy Spirit within us. You see, it's salvation. God never leaves us. The wrong steps we make, the right steps, He's right there beside us. But we need that fire in our lives and that passion to keep us going. Um, We'll open the altar up here. We've got some amazing leaders here that would love to pray for you. But I'd just like to pray a blessing over you. God, I just thank you for these awesome people. Your church, each one of them. God, you've built something magnificent within each one of their lives. And God, you see, you see the good things, God, you see them when they struggle and you are there, you never leave them. God, I just speak a blessing over them. God, that they would just be your love and your kindness in their community, that they would change the atmospheres wherever they go. Lord, because of the grace that you have placed on their lives, Lord, that they would always speak encouragement into people's lives. And they would overflow with Your love. God, I thank You for these faithful people. God, they've stood through these hard times and they've been faithful to this Highway Church. Lord, I just speak just blessing into their lives. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thank you for having me. It's great to come home to my Australian family. You're awesome. And um, you're doing so well. You are. Keep serving the Church and your pastors well. And um, you're going to see something um, a fireball go out through this nation. and just keep to keep praying over everything because that will change. Amen.